Well, this is Tom Severson, a pastor in Illinois, and he had an event that changed his life. And what he learned from that, one of the lessons, I want to share that here this morning because I believe it's very compelling for each of us. Uh, Tom Severson, a pastor in Illinois, they had an outreach to homeless people. One day he gave a ride to a man named Mike. He did not realize Mike had severe mental illness. He said they were driving along. Suddenly Mike pulled out a knife and stabbed him and began to beat him. He then pulled the car over as best he could as they wrestled over the knife and he blacked out, found out that a passerby had scared Mike away. And I'll share the lesson that Tom Severson shared here in just a moment. In 1 Thessalonians 4.14, in eight words, Paul summarizes something to memorize to be our life message, not just for Lent and Easter, but every day. 1 Thessalonians 4.14, Paul said this, We believe that Jesus died and rose again. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. May that statement become our declaration as well. It's the answer to every question that people have. Whether it's a time of lack or loss, or it's a time of just uh, everything going so well and increase, whatever it is. A few years ago, my wife and I, we sat down at a lunch on New Year's Eve and we talked to this gentleman he was six foot plus and 250 pounds, and he began to cry. My wife asked him his plans for New Year's Eve. He said, my plan will be to do what I've done the last several years. About 10 years prior, he said his wife, without a word, walked out, and it was about four years ago, he heard for her the first time. She called him on the phone on New Year's Eve. And so he said, since then, I've left that home phone plugged in and turned on. And every day I go home or every New Year's Eve, I go home and I wait because you never know. Maybe she'll call again. People ask, you know, does God notice me or does God care about what's happening in my life? Does God care about a man sitting by himself, waiting by a phone with his heart broken, looking for a phone call. This, unfortunately, as we've talked, happening here in our county, the, the heroin epidemic. But imagine this, in a 21-day period, 21 days, there were 268 overdoses, 14 people that it was fatal. 21 days, 268 overdoses, 14 fatal. Does God see the pain of an addict and the pain of the families and the pain of those who have lost a loved one? Does he see? Does he care? It's been said, an unknown writer, but a very popular saying because it was said so well. Sin will take you further than you intended to go, keep you longer than you planned to stay, and cost you more than you wanted to pay. We're going to look at some faith stories and this promise, we believe that Jesus died and rose again, is the answer to everybody's question. And it's the answer especially to the sin that takes us further than we want to go. This is George Foreman, of course, the, the heavyweight champion. He said this, though, about boxing. He said, I didn't fear stepping in the ring with greats like Muhammad Ali. What I did fear was rejection. He said, that fear was so great, he said, when I became a believer in Christ, I didn't tell people 
because other people made fun of athletes that became believers and then gave a public testimony. He said, my fear was so great, I was afraid to say what I believed. He said, after some time went by, he said he finally made a, a public testimony on television about his new faith in Christ. But afterwards, he said he was so concerned what people would say about that. He said late night comedians, they might make jokes. Sportscasters might say things that are just cruel. And so he said he turned down a television job to be a commentator and basically went into isolation to think about his testimony and to think about his concern and fear of people's rejection. He said this, ultimately your belief in God will meet resistance, which forces you to either shut up or speak up. I'll tell you what he chose to do here in just a few minutes. You know, it was Dale Evans, Roy Rogers. Dale Evans said this, I spent most of my life searching for the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Then I finally found it at the foot of the cross. Not just for Easter, not just for Lent, but every day we believe that Jesus died and rose again. That's why David could proclaim in the Psalms, what can man do to me and whom shall I fear? People say again, does God care? Does he see that man by the phone? Does he see the pain of loneliness, the brokenness of people? Maybe just individual moments of fear. Let me read Luke chapter 15. Here's what Jesus has to say about what is God like. Suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? Does she not turn over every panel, every couch cushion, search every crevice to find that coin. He said, that's what God is like. He will turn over heaven and earth to find us, to make us his own. Does God care? He says, that's the care that God has. You know, my wife and I, we have a, a mini horse, just 28 inches tall, and his name is Chili, and a lot of people comment how cute he is. He's super gentle. What you may not know about horses, though, is they sleep standing up by locking their legs. And sometimes when they wake up, they can't unlock that leg and then they're stuck. And that's called stifle lock. And it's somewhat common. And Chili has a struggle with that sometimes. And Monica and I right now working uh, Monday through Saturday. So we have to have somebody come out and help out during the day with Chili. But the one morning, just a couple days ago, I got up and Chili's leg was locked. And there's exercises you can do and you can rotate the leg to unlock it, but they're not foolproof. And I spent a half an hour with him at 5 a.m. trying to get his leg to unlock. And it didn't, not fully. So I had to go to work. And at the first break, I drove back home to check on him. And I went to look in his stable and he was fine. And his leg was working just normal. So grateful. Called Monica right away, said, hey, he's fine. And then that still small voice just spoke to me as I was petting him and just so grateful. And a still small voice said, you know what? You know the love you have for this pony? You have any idea how much greater my love is for people? And when Jesus gave this parable and said, does she not light a lamp? 
sweep the house and search until she finds it? He then says this, when she finds the coin, she calls her friends and says, rejoice with me. I found my lost coin. The coin, of course, is us and Jesus using the metaphor of this woman for his love. And he finishes the parable by saying, in the same way, the same way, I tell you, there's rejoicing in heaven in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Does God see that man by the phone? Does he see your need, my need? He says, my love for you as high as the heavens are above the earth. He laid down his life and took it back up again. We believe Jesus died. He rose again. And he is searching heaven and earth that we might no longer be lost but be found. Watchman Nee said it so well. Christ is the Son of God. He died to atone for men's sin and three days later rose again. And note, this is the most important fact in the universe. George Foreman would say this. Finding Jesus Christ was the best thing that ever happened to me. My life gets better every day. So I'm going to tell my story regardless. He said he picked up the phone and called those friends that had laughed, particularly two friends in, he had in mind that had made statements to, to make fun of athletes. And he said he called one on the phone and he said there was silence when I told her my faith. And she broke the silence by saying this, I've been trying to get my life together and what you just told me is what I so needed to hear. You see, because he rose, he liveth forevermore, and then we are to be compelled by his love for us to love others. And part of that love is to share that gospel message with them. Romans 6, 18 says, we have been set free from sin and have become a slave to righteousness. Set free, now a slave to righteousness. It compels us. He compels us. Righteousness compels us, a slave now to righteousness. And part of that righteousness is to be that light and to be that voice and to tell people the truth about the gospel message and the love of God for them. This is John Lee in China. For several years, it's been illegal to have a church in China. Now, there's a great revival happening there, one of the biggest in history the last several years. And if you go back several years, John Lee was one of the people praying for that revival. And he said, you know, we started these underground churches and the first one had 30 people. In a few months, it went to 200 people. And then a year and a half, 40,000 people. Three years, there were 300,000 people. So, of course, it's a credible miracle. And people have asked him the role he played in that, of course, by God's grace. But they said, what, what did you do? How did you have a, a revival like this? And he said two things. I prayed daily for two hours for my country and my community. And I told people who knew the gospel, share it with others. Share it with others. I've shared this before because it is so important to understand. Because it shows us what happens when people compromise the truth or don't stand up for the truth. In England, 1940, church attendance was 
1940. This is a short time ago. Today, and has been for almost 15 years, church attendance, 3%. 3%. What happens when a society gives up on the truth, becomes more humanistic, secular, because people don't stand on the promise because they're afraid of rejection, not recognizing that the greatest fact in the universe is He is risen and His love for us is so great. He searched heaven and earth to find us so that we might then go forth and proclaim that truth as well. That brings us back to Tom Severson as he saw his life perhaps ending when Mike attacked him. He would write this later. I saw myself standing before the judgment throne of Christ. I knew from the look in his eyes, he was asking me, how much love did I pour out on you? How much of it flowed out of you to others? Something to ask ourselves, how much love has God poured out on us and how much of that love has poured out to other people? Remember again, we have been set free from sin and now are a slave unto righteousness. Let me show you a couple of stories of people stepping forth in great confidence because we know he died and rose again. This is Pastor Jaya of India. One day, because he shared the gospel and was continuing to do so, several hundred people surrounded a building he was in, drug him outside, and beat him. He survived the beating to be arrested. The police said he was disturbing the peace. He was told, don't preach the gospel anymore. They went into his church, pulled out 5,000 Bibles, and set them on fire. Shortly thereafter, a young child got sick, and Pastor Jaya fasted and prayed for that child. And a miracle happened, and that child was healed. And people in that same community that had attacked him suddenly came back and said, please tell us again about this Christ. E.B. Elijah, missionary in the Middle East, also been imprisoned and beaten. He says he shares this with missionaries that come over there. If you are afraid, you should go do something else. But if you're not afraid, we need people like you, people like you that'll stand up for the truth and be Christ in other people's lives, no matter what the challenge is, because you don't have to be afraid. Why? Because we believe that Jesus died and he rose again. There is perhaps no greater story of impact than these two people of a story in our time. This is Graham and Gladys Staines. They were missionaries in India. They began in 1965. They wanted to help the most downtrodden, outcast people, so they were told then go to India and work with those who have leprosy. So they did that. They did it for years. From 1965 until 1999, and for whatever demonic-inspired reason, in 1999, a group of 100 men caught Graham and his two sons driving down the road. They stopped the car, attacked them, beat them, and killed them. So what do you do if you're Gladys? She was asked that because she decided to stay. 
and be an evangelist continually in India. She was asked, how can you do that? She said, because two words, forgive them. And in 2004, Christianity Today said this about Gladys in India, a country of over one billion people. They said this, quote, today she is the best known Christian in India after Mother Teresa. In a billion plus people, Gladys is known across the country. Why? Because she stood in grace and strength and courage in Christ because he died and rose again. What's the result of that? Quote, again, Christianity today, unprecedented numbers of people now coming to Christ. What happens when believers stand strong in their faith without fear because they know there is rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who was found? So let's close with Tom Severson. He had this darkness. He thought he was going to die. Saw himself before the judgment. How much love did God pour out? How much love did he pour out? And here's what Tom said. I had flashbacks of listening to my wife, but not hearing her with my heart, of competing against fellow pastors instead of carrying them in my prayer, of almost telling my son I loved him, but leaving the word stuck in my throat. I wanted to say, no, Lord, not now. Give me another chance to come with you later with a basket full of love, not with this pea-sized heart I now have. And then he would say this, When I survived, many days later, I asked, what do I do, Lord? And here's what he said he sensed in his heart. You loved me in death. Now just love me in life. You loved me in death. Now just love me in life. Love me enough to not be afraid of rejection, opinions, danger. Rather, take up the cross and follow after me Be that one that prays. Be that one that stands on the truth. Be that one who walks in courage. Be that one who says, we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And it's not about Lent and Easter. It's about day-to-day, moment-to-moment life in Christ who made the promise that if we then walk in His light as He is in the light, no matter circumstances and outcomes and challenges, We will know joy unspeakable and full of glory that the world cannot take away. Does God notice? He sees everything. And he wants us to notice and care and have his heart as well and go forth with the proclamation that he lives.